Welcome to our Frontline City Church podcast. This message will activate and inspire you in the supernatural love of God to find your purpose and reach your destiny through Christ. So I want to speak to you this morning. Pastor Hannes uh, asked me to speak about revival. And I believe it's important to speak about revival, especially in the West Rand where my grandfather was. You guys don't understand the honor it is for me to preach here on this side of the world where my grandfather started his ministry. And uh, if you know his history, he had a very uh, big ministry and um, revival ministry. Started his ministry with 12 people and uh, they had a tent that could see 25,000 people that they traveled around with. And uh, they just, he, he, tra- he ministered with like Rhino Donkey in uh, Zimbabwe. He went to one of those meetings, he ministered there. And healings took place, miracles took place. You know, crazy stuff happened in the ministry. So that's just flowing today through my dad. And now it can start uh, through me as well. So we praise God for that. And today I believe that miracle signs and wonders are going to take place. Amen. So we're going to speak about revival today, one of my favorite topics. So if you can, take notes this morning and um, receive. And then afterwards, we're going to pray. Because I just feel that there's such a, a, there is revival in the air. Amen. Revival is here in this building. But now it needs to get on the inside of us. Amen. It can't just hover in the atmosphere and we go home the same. We've got to change. So let's start today off with Psalms 85 verse 6. It says, will you not revive us again, O God, that we might rejoice in you? The people crying out. And today's message title is how to enter into revival. How to enter into revival. What is revival? Revival simply means to bring back to life when something dies. To revive what the church had lost. So revival means that you had it. Now you don't have it anymore. And revival means you're going to get it back. So this is what also happened with Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve had lost their relationship with God in the Garden of Eden. And Jesus came and he didn't say, I came to save those who are lost. He said, I came to save that which was lost. And Jesus came to revive that which was lost in the Garden of Eden. Jesus came to revive that for us. And we have access to that today because of the blood of Jesus. So revival is you had it, now you don't have it, and revival comes to restore what you had and put even a a greater fire on that. So it says in Revelations uh, chapter 2 verse 5, remember therefore from where you have fallen. I'm going to read that part again. Remember therefore from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works. Or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Look at this powerful scripture. Jesus speaking to uh, John, as you all know, in Revelation. He's he's speaking to the church. Saying, remember from where you have fallen. Because he said, this one thing I have against you that you've lost your first love. And I feel like this is the word for the church of Jesus Christ today. That we must remember from where we have fallen. Where, how we used to pray, how we used to win souls, how we used to do church before COVID-19, <laughs> before 2020. We were on fire and the church of Jesus Christ replaced it with a sickness. And we adhere to 
to all the regulations and stuff but we we've we've replaced this thing called fear and we now call it wisdom and we say no we're being wise we're being careful but we we don't want to win souls anymore we don't want to heal the sick anymore we don't want to pray for hours we don't want to fast we don't want to give and the church had lost something the church had lost something the church of jesus christ had lost something and i believe this is the hour where god is speaking to us saying remember from where you have fallen and repent and he's saying unless if you don't do that i will come quickly and remove your lampstand from you you know the 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 story in the bible of the ten virgins the five had oil the five didn't have oil so he's speaking about this saying i will remove that lampstand from you and when he comes back and you don't have that oil you won't be part of the 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 bride of christ you won't be part of those that, that see the second coming but he says this unless you repent unless you repent if you cannot repent you are struggling with pride today if you struggle to admit that you have lost the fire for souls or lost the fire for prayer lost the fire for the house of god then you have to be able to say you know what? i need to repent from those things i need to repent from sins and my daddy was preaching about revival and he said that revival doesn't come for the unbeliever revival comes for the believer because it's the church that had lost something. It's not the unbeliever that had lost something. They don't have it yet. It's the church that had lost something and we need to get to the unbeliever. And we need to get them saved. Can you say amen? I want to give you four reasons why some revival stopped. And why they lost what they had. And if you can this morning, write them down. There's some reasons why revival stopped. Number one, the church compromised the truth. The church compromised the truth. Number two, the church rejected the Holy Spirit. Revival will stop once you stop the move of the Holy Spirit. Once you quench the move of the Holy Spirit. Once you grieve the move of the Holy Spirit, revival will stop in that church. Number three, the church became critical of revival. What do I mean by that? They would come in and say, why is that one like this? Why is that one laughing so loud? Why is that one on the floor rolling like this? Why is, why is that church so packed? Why does that church have so much money? We, and the church became critical of revival. Why is God doing it like this? Because we see as Christians sometimes, and maybe you can vouch for this, sometimes we ask God for something and when He does it His way, we don't like it. We, we're like, no, but why couldn't you do it this way, God? And revival never comes the way that you want it. Revival never comes in the form of how I wanted it and how I want to see it. Revival comes when God wants it to happen. And He ordains it. He anoints it. And number four, the fourth reason why revival stopped is because of the lack of fathers in the supernatural. When revival came, it stopped because there were no fathers to look after the people. It was preachers that would come in and leave. And then preachers don't look after people. Preachers, they preach the word and then they leave. On to the next city, on to the next thing. So what happened to the people in that city? Where was the, the fathers of the supernatural? And it says here in Haggai chapter 2 verse 6 to 9, and this is really why I'm speaking about this today. This is not an easy message. This is not a motivational message today. It says, For thus says the Lord of hosts, Once more it is a little while, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land, and I will shake all nations, 
and they shall come to the desire of all nations and I will fill this temple with glory says the Lord of hosts the silver is mine the gold is mine says the Lord of hosts the glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former says the Lord of hosts and in this place I will give peace says the Lord of hosts everything right now is being shaken by God how many of you can say amen to that everything in the world shaken how many of you can say in 2020 your business was shaken frontline city church was shaken marriages were shaken church leadership was shaken the governments are shaken it says yeah i will shake heaven and earth so even the heavens got a shake even the heavens were shaken the sea and the dry land and he says i will shake all nations all the nations were shaken and god did that in 2020 he didn't bring COVID-19. He allowed it to happen. There's a big difference. People blame God for this thing. No, God may, might have allowed some of the stuff to happen. Because why? Because it says the remnant must remain. Those, those who, who survive. If you're still here today, you're still serving God today, I've got good news for you. You are the remnant. You are the chosen people. You are the survivors. You are the ones that God is going to use in this end time revival. Can you say amen? So we see that once the shaking takes place, right after that, God says, I will fill this temple with glory. So the first thing that will happen to the church in, after the shaking is the glory of God will come. And the glory of God is not just, listen to this, the glory of God is not just an encounter where you cry and have goosebumps. Listen to this, the, next, the very next part of the scripture he says, I'll fill this temple with glory. Then he says, the silver is mine, the gold is mine. So he is comparing his glory to wealth. Oh, I, I, I hope that you got that this morning. After the shaking, God's glory will come and his glory is wealth. The wealth of God, he says, the gold is mine, the silver is mine. He said that the gold is mine, the silver is mine. So that means that when His glory comes to the church, you'll fill the church with glory. He's saying, I'll fill that church with wealth. But we have Christians that are stuck in poverty mindset. No, no Christians shouldn't be rich. Pastors shouldn't be rich. Who said that? Show me the scripture today where it says, no, Christians shouldn't be wealthy. Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. And that doesn't mean in poverty. It says life more abundantly. Come on, I'm here to break any religious spirit, any, any poverty spirit thinking that you shouldn't be rich. You have the, God says, I will give you the power to create wealth. Deuteronomy 8:18. it doesn't say I'll give you wealth, but I'll give you the power to create wealth. So God wants this church to be filled with glory. Never does he says, I want my temple to be filled with poverty and my temple to be filled with lack and insufficiency and sickness he says i want to fill this temple with glory and my god i feel that glory this morning i feel that glory is going to take place today that the glory of god that is speaking about you after the shaking god will fill frontline city church with glory can you say amen today it says the silver is mine the gold is mine and then he says i will give peace in this place so those of you that lack peace this morning God is about to give you peace. There was a shaking. 2020 was a shaking. Marriages were shaken. Governments were shaken. The nations were shaken. The church was shaken. The church wasn't excluded from the shaking. We might have been protected a little bit more, but we were in that shaking. It says, the Bible says that it rains on the just and the unjust. God makes it to rain on the just and the unjust. 
So just because you're a child of God doesn't mean you're exempt from all these things that happen. How many of you got COVID? All right. But you're like, I'm a child of God. This is what my dad said. He said, the weapons will be formed. COVID was formed and you got COVID, but it will not prosper. So that, the prosperity of COVID is death. So death will not prosper in your life. But the weapon was formed, but it will not prosper. A church is in revival. Those weapons cannot prosper against them. And God is preparing the church for revival. Mark my words, He's preparing us for a revival and we cannot sleep on this. Ephesians 5.14 says, Awake you who sleep. Arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. It says, Awake you who sleep. Awake, O sleeper. Arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. But the church is currently in a sleeping state. We don't want to win souls. I'm not speaking about front line. I'm speaking about the church as a whole. In the world today, accepting what the world standard is. Accepting what the government standard is. Since when do they lead the church? The church is supposed to be on the forefront. We're supposed to be in the front. Saying the governments can follow us. The world can follow us. We're not following you guys. You guys are following us. That's when the church is in revival. And God is introducing the church to a new revival. And there will be Christians that fall out. Because once you shake something, man, I, I wish I could shake this table, but there's a glass there. But if, if I shook this table for a while, only some stuff will stay. Only some stuff will remain. But, but things will fall off. But the things that remain, I know I can work with it. It's like the man that built his house on sand versus the man that built his house on the rock. When the shaking came, who stayed? The man on the rock. The man on Jesus. The man who built his house on Jesus. That's the guy who stays. But the people who build their houses on what the world says and news say and government says, they will be shaken and they will lose what they have. And maybe you've lost something, some things that you had. And you've got to say, God, revive me. I was building on sand. I was building on sand. I need to build on Jesus. And I want to declare this today. While everyone else around you is going to be panicking, you're going to be praying. While everybody else is panicking in the world, here in the West Rand, while everyone else is panicking about businesses closing, you know what you do? You, you pray in your business every morning. For 30 minutes, you pray in that business. While everyone else is panicking about their, their homes being uh, evicted or being evicted from their homes, you pray in that home. And you, you declare the Word of God. While everyone else is panicking, you'll be praying. Come on, say that with me. Say, while everyone else is panicking, I'm praying. Come on, say that with more faith. Say, while everyone else is panicking, I'm praying. I'm trusting God. I'm in the presence of God. I'm in the Word of God. I don't have stress. I serve a God of the impossible in Jesus' name. Come on, if you have an impossibility this morning, you, what is it? You, um, I'm trying, you are approved of a miracle. You know how you get approved for a loan from the bank? Because you have a certain credit score. Well, if you have an impossibility today, like doctors can't help you, men can't help you, businesses can't help you, nothing. Once you have that impossibility, you qualify for a miracle. You qualify for the supernatural. If you don't have an impossibility, you're not, you don't qualify for a miracle today. 
if the doctors can fix you and this one can fix you and that one can fix it, then you don't qualify this morning. But I'm speaking to people that have an impossibility. That's it. If You know what? If I don't go to God, it's not going to work. If I don't pray, it's not going to work. You need to say, God, this is my impossibility. And the last time I checked, you are the God of the impossible. You can do anything. And without you, nothing is impossible. Amen. Amen. Man, I feel revival in this place today. We're going to have a Holy Ghost service today. But let me first tell you this. What's the difference between an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and revival? There's a difference between the two. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit is external. It comes from God. God pours out His Spirit on the earth. It's external. It doesn't come from a man. It doesn't come from a woman. But revival starts on the inside of a person. Revival doesn't come from outside. Revival starts on the inside, in the heart. It doesn't start with the person next to you. It starts with you in your heart. That's where revival starts. And a revival doesn't start with miracles. Revival doesn't start by faith. doesn't start by prayer. It starts on the inside. A revival starts in the heart. There can be no miracles if your heart is bitter. There can be no healings if your heart is angry at God. There can be no financial breakthroughs if my heart is full of unforgiveness. I'm glad you asked for scripture this morning because I came prepared. Psalms 24 verse 3 to 6. It says, Who may ascend into the heel of the Lord? Or who may stand in His holy place? It's asking that question, who will go to the holy hill of the Lord? It says, He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. Come on. I want to declare this morning that the revival that we're waiting for, it's not going to start with the person next to you. It's going to start with you. It's going to start in your heart. You cannot ascend to the holy hill of the Lord with a dirty heart, with a heart that is full of bitterness and unforgiveness. You need to have a transformed heart, a heart that is clean before God, pure before God. And those of you that need scripture on why you need to use sanitizer, it says those who have clean hands and a pure heart may ascend to the holy hill of the Lord. So use sanitizer. Amen. Let me tell you this this morning. Three things that a revival causes. A revival causes the following three things. Number one, a revival always transforms the heart of a person. This revival that's coming and that is here already will transform your heart first. This is how it works. A changed person can change their family. A changed family can change their community. A changed community can change the city. A changed city can change the nation. A changed nation can change the world. Jesus said, go out and make disciples of all nations. How many nations are we discipling, guys? How many nations are we discipling? We need to take this seriously. God's dream is bigger for Frontline Church than the West Rand. One person believes that. God's vision for this church is bigger than the West Rand. He said, make disciples of all nations. Go out into the world. Don't stay in the four corners. Go out into the world. Preach the gospel. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. But we cannot do that without revival in the heart. 
We angry with Pastor Hannes, with Pastor Manny. We got bitterness towards him. But you want revival? You angry with a brother and sister next to you, but you want revival? You don't even know how to tithe and give offerings to the church, but yay, we want revival? You cannot have revival if this heart doesn't belong to Jesus. There is no revival if this heart is not completely dedicated to God. Saying, God, clean this heart. What did he say about David? A man after my own heart. David was a man after God's own heart. He was, he was the guy that, that messed up the most. And God said, I love him. Because he was humble. He was quick to repent. Number two, the second thing that revival will cause is it will restore your relationship with God. Once He transforms your heart, He will restore your relationship with Him. I don't know, I was at a place in 2020 where I wouldn't pray as much as I was supposed to and read the Word as much and get into church as much because now it was church online. And there was the excuse of, no, we, we want to be safe, right? And we want to be wise and all those kind of things. And the, the country was on lockdown. And I, I could see how this affected my relationship with God as it was being shaken. And then God revealed it to me and said, look at how far you're drifting away because of this thing. You're allowing this thing to drift you away. And I had to come back to the place of saying, God, I'm sorry. I repent. And He, and he was so faithful to restore my relationship with Him. To take it to the next level. To take it to a new dimension. Here's the thing. God is so amazing that He doesn't, if, if, you, if you had broken your leg, He doesn't restore your leg in the place of your arm. He restores the leg in the place of the leg. So He restores you in the place where you were already. He doesn't, he doesn't condemn you and make you feel guilty. No, you don't pray. No, you don't read the Word. Look at you. And he's not, he's not lawful and angry like that. The Bible says he's slow to anger, quick to forgive. So when you come to repent before God, he's so quick to forgive you, so quick to restore you. And maybe you're here today and your relationship with God has been drifting away. This morning, God is going to restore you completely. God is going to heal you completely. And he's going to change your heart. Amen. And number three, the third thing that revival will cause is reformation in a city. Here's the problem, is that we claim to be in revival, but the school system is still the same. The schools are in the condition that they are in. Prisons are not being reformed. People are, are still broken. Families are still being hurt and separated. Divorces are at an all-time high. And uh, crime is at, an, as, is at a very high rate right now. So we cannot claim that the church is in revival. Because if the church in revival means simply means that the church is in action. And when a church is in action, it takes down crime, it takes down depression, it takes down a lot of stuff in a city. Here's the problem that many Christians have, that we think that revival is for our church only. It's to reform the entire city. So Frontline City Church, City Church has a much greater mandate than the four walls that I'm in here today. The mandate is to get out there in the week and to help the lost, to preach to the lost, to go into the prisons, to go into the hospitals, to go into the schools, and to bring Jesus to those places. Because that is when a city is reformed, when it's introduced to the power of God, to the love of Jesus, that city can be reformed in Jesus' name. And I believe that God has given Pastor Hannes and Pastor Mandy 
an anointing for the city. A mandate to change the city. And you are the people that they are going to ask for help. So be, be there. Bring the hands. Bring your heart. Bring, bring whatever it is and say, you know what, I'm here to serve. If you don't have money to serve, you, you serve in another way. Money is one, one aspect that you serve in a church. It is a little part of a church. The, the rest of the 90% that we do doesn't have to do with money. The money is important because we want to go feed the poor. We're going to save the lost. You couldn't have done that Lesotho trip without finances. You can't build the next building without finances. But there are many other aspects that you need to serve in. You say, I'll be there at evangelism. I'll be there at prayer. Prayer is a way of, of serving. You say, can, can we start a prayer service sometime in, in the week? And I want to come pray. Every Friday, myself and Sinjin here, we pray Fridays from 4 to 6 p.m. before youth for two hours. We pray and we've opened it to the youth and the youth start coming. And they start praying with us. And we're not praying for the youth service. We're praying for the next generation's salvation. We're saying, God, we'll, we're going to serve in this time for two hours by praying for the next generation. What are you doing with that prayer life God has given you? And, and get that passion for the house of God. Revival will bring a passion in you for the house of God. Where you'll think about the church, you'll think about Frontline from Monday to Sunday. And you'll text Pastor Hannes and Pastor, where can I get involved? What can I do? What do you guys need? I don't have finances now, but I've got this, I've got that. Maybe you got something at home. That's what revival is, is the church coming together in action. You got something at home that's been there for a year, you haven't used it. Donate it to the church. Say, please use this to save souls. Come on, maybe you got something that you need to bring, a gift that, that is hidden. And you're just leaving it on the inside. You need to bring it. They need more, more musicians. They need more vocalists. You bring that gift to the house of God. But you've got to start somewhere. Revival will bring reformation in a city once the church is in action. And the church can only be... Let, let's, let me just say this. Look at the book of Acts. When those apostles were in action. You know that the Bible says the people feared the apostles. They, fe they feared them. Today, there is not a lot of respect for pastors from the world side. And in those, uh, those days, they feared the men of God. The government feared them. They said, we'd rather not touch them because their numbers are great. We'd rather not do anything to them. Their numbers are great. And the church in that time, the people came together. This was a revival, man. The people came together every day in the temple, broke bread and praised God. And here's what they did. The, the whole church brought together everything they owned and said, you know, we're going to start the church of Jesus Christ like this. There was that passion. I'm not, please, I'm not saying sell all your stuff and give it to the church. Please, you must have a home to stay in. But you have to listen to the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit is saying, you need to give this, you need to give that, that's the first point is obedience. He says, I require obedience of a sacrifice. Obedience is a much easier price to pay than sacrifice. There's people sacrificing today, not because God wanted them, but because they never obeyed in the first place. If they obeyed in the first place, they never had to sacrifice later. So remember when God speaks, act upon that. When He says give that, give that finances, you give. Speak to this person, you speak to them. Donate this to the church, you donate. Go on this trip, you go on this trip. Whatever it is that God wants you to do, you have to be so obedient and willing and say, God, my life is not my own. This everything is yours, Lord. I surrender it all to you, Lord. So there's two ways that you enter into revival. And we're coming in for a close here. How do you enter into revival? Number one is divine hunger. 
Hunger increases your capacity to receive more from God. If you're not hungry for God, you will never increase your capacity for Him. The kingdom is, is, is a, it's an opposite. It says, give and you will receive. And in the world it's given, you will not get, you will not get anything. So the kingdom is the total opposite. It preaches the opposite. It says, if you are hungry, you'll never be filled. <laughs> you'll never be satisfied if you are hungry. In the world, if you eat, you're going to be full, right? But if you eat more of God, there's always more. There's always more. There's not, not one Sunday where I can say, now I've, now I've met the end of God. There's not one prayer meeting where I can say, now I've met the end of Jesus. But every time I eat, I get more. Every time I drink, there's more. And, and He fills you up like that. That's how you get filled in the kingdom. Not by, not by having less of God, but by having more of God. And the more I have of God, the hungrier I get. How many of you know the more meat you eat, then you're not going to get hungry. You're going to say, I'm so full now. But the more you have of God, the hungrier you become. The hungrier you get. And I feel there's a hunger stirring in this place today. Especially young people saying that we're hungry for God. We want the supernatural. We want more of Jesus today. And the second way that you enter revival is through divine repentance. Number one is hunger. Number two is repentance. You need to increase your hunger, but then you need to repent. What is repentance? Repentance simply means to change the way that you think. Repent. When Jesus said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, He was saying, change the way you think and adopt my way of thinking. The way you thought about sin, now you got to think like this. The way you thought about the kingdom, now you got to change it to this. Repenting is saying, I saw my sin like that. It was good what I did. Repenting means I see it as something completely different. It's now bad. I turn away from it. Repentance is not crying and getting on the altar and crying. It, it's, it's what you do with after that encounter. Repentance means I come, I, 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 I repent, but when I go back, I don't do that thing again. Because I've changed the way I think about it. So when you repent about pornography, you don't, it's not, oh, I'm stopping pornography. No, you change the way you think about it first. You've got to become disgusted towards those things. Say, I hate those things. Those things are from the devil. Once you change your mind towards something, now you, now you can start changing. But if your mind is still set in the same thing, you will never change your actions. So the action only follows what I think. So if you're struggling with smoking this morning or a porn addiction or drinking or whatever it is that you're struggling with, you need to change the way you think. You say, that thing is not good for me. That thing doesn't benefit me. I change the way I think. And that's how you get out of those things. You repent by changing the way you think. How do you change the way you think? By the Word of God. Renewing by the Word of God in Jesus' name. Acts 3 verse 19. Let's go to Acts 3 verse 19. It says, Repent therefore and be converted. Why? That your sins may be blotted out. Why must I repent? So that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. I want to change the scripture a bit today to say, So that times of revival may come to Frontline City Church. This scripture is for you guys today. Repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Times of refreshing will come if you repent this morning. 
sin will never allow you to rest. You must repent. And if we can repent, God can revive. God cannot revive our church if we are not willing to repent. And say, Lord, I'm sorry. I repent for my sinful ways. I repent for doing this my wicked ways. It says there that in the Bible it says, if you humble yourself and pray and seek my face and turn from your wicked ways, I will heal your land. South Africa will never be healed if the church doesn't go to repent. And it might be weird because you don't always hear the, the message of repentance in the church. We have motivational messages. Seven steps on how to do this. Ten steps on how to do that. Fifteen things to do this. Twenty things to do that. But it never starts with repentance. Because repentance is the only way we get revival as a church. And it's time that we get revived. Amen. I want to close with the last scripture today. Haggai chapter 1 verse 14. And then I want to pray with you guys. Haggai chapter 1 verse 14 says, So the Lord stirred up the Spirit. Say that with me. Say, stirred up the Spirit. Of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the Spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehoshaphat the high priest and the spirit of all the remnant of the people and they came and worked on the house of the Lord of hosts they God. this is the word that God gave me for Frontline City Church today he wants to stir up the spirit of Pastor Hannes and Pastor Mandy and as he stirs up the spirit of your man and woman of God he's going to stir up the spirit of the remnant of the people the ones that remain the ones that survive but we have to cry out we have to say, God, I repent. God, I, I repent of my sinful ways. I repent of my religious ways. I repent of my wicked ways. The presence of God is here this morning. I want you to lift up your hands. Lift up your hands and start crying out. Start crying out. Start crying out for more of God. Remember when you are hungry, when you are hungry, you increase your capacity for more of Him. You increase your capacity for more of God. God wants to revive his remnant. God wants to revive his remnant. God wants to revive his remnant. Frontline City Church, you are the remnant. You are the remnant of the people. Can we maybe dim these lights? Production. Heavenly Father, come into this place. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Revive us. Stir up the spirit of the remnant. Stir up the spirit of the remnant. Stir up the spirit of the remnant. Oh. Stir up the spirit of the remnant. Holy Ghost, stir up the spirit of the remnant. I feel there's a new song that's going to be birthed this morning. Stir up the spirit of the remnant, my God. Stir up the spirit of the remnant, Lord. Revive us, renew us, revive us, renew us. I want every person in this place to close your eyes and lift up your hands and start repenting. Start repenting of whatever it is that you've been hiding from God. 
any wicked ways, any sinful things, start repenting. Start repenting of any religious stuff, of any traditional stuff. Maybe you're believing in ancestors and what your forefathers did. Repent of your ways. Repent of wicked things. And He will turn to us and heal our land. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Touch the people. Touch the people. Heavenly Father, I declare that this will be a church that is a hot spot for the city, that is a hot spot for sinners to come, that sinners will not go to other places on Sundays, but they will be in the house of God. I pray that this place will be packed out, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we declare, we prophesy it right now. Lord, that the, that the other half of this church will be full of new people. Will be full of sinners, people coming to Christ. People coming to Jesus. Father God, revive the spirit of the remnant. Revive the spirit of the remnant. Revive the spirit of your church. Revive the spirit of Frontline Church. I decree and I declare that you're going to win souls like never before. You're going to save souls like never before. You're going to reach the lost like never before. You're going to heal the sick. Oh, I see that the sick will be healed in this house. Demons will be cast out in this house. Lord, revive us. Revive us. Come on, I cannot cry out for you. I cannot cry out for you. You have to lift up your hands and you have to cry out to God. If you want to get on your knees, get on your knees. If you want to lay down flat, lay down flat. Find a spot at the altar and cry out to Him. Let's cry out for revival this morning. Oh Lord, we pray that revival will hit the West Rand. Like in the days of my grandfather. Lord, that it will be filled with sinners. Filled with people. Lord, that healings will take place again. Deliverance will take place again. We ignite the fire this morning. I ignite the fire this morning. I ignite the fire this morning. A fire that you once had. A fire that you once had. This morning we revive it. This morning we revive it. Lord, we revive that fire. We revive that fire. We reignite that fire today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want the leadership of Pastor Hannes' church. I want you to quickly come to the front. I want to pray for you. If you're in the leadership, come. In any form of capacity. Even the worship uh, leader, come. I want to pray with you guys. Come to the front, lift up your hands. I feel the fire of God is going to just fall on you guys. It's going to be a new and a fresh fire, a fresh touch. If I can just have uh, some of the guys help us to catch. Come on, 
Lord, if any of them, if any of them have anything hidden, any hidden agendas, any motives, Lord, this morning they repent. They repent. They cry out on behalf of the city. I see how you guys are going to, this is the word of God that I heard, that the leadership is going to hold up the hands of Moses. Pastor Hannes and Pastor Mandy's of Moses. And I see how you're going to lift their hands. You're going you're gonna to be the pillars for them to build this church, to increase this church. Father, we release the fire of God. We release the glory of God, the glory of that latter temple, that it will fall on this place, that the leadership of this house will save souls, will heal the sick, cast out demons and preach the gospel in the name of Jesus. Father, as I lay my hands on them, Lord, that the fire of God will just fall on them. The fire of God will just touch them. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Lord, touch them this morning. Touch them this morning. Touch them this morning. Touch them this morning. Touch them this morning, my God. A fresh fire of the Holy Spirit. A fresh fire of the Holy Spirit. Fresh wind of God. Fresh breath of God. New songs, new songs, new songs. You'll carry the heart of this house in worship. Oh, God is saying today I'm taking you to the next level of the glory the next level of worship when you get on the stage again you'll feel a new anointing a new anointing a David's anointing for worship a fire for souls like never before a fire for souls like never before touch him Lord touch him Lord touch his heart for this ministry, touch his heart for missions. In the name of Jesus, I see how you will raise up young evangelists. You'll raise up young leaders in this house. They'll be sent to preach the gospel. They'll bring back the harvest. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. A fresh fire of the Holy Spirit. A fresh fire of the Holy Spirit. A fresh fire of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. In Jesus, a vision for production, a vision for creativity, God. Give it to him today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, touch him this today. Touch him today. Touch him today with a new fire. Revive him today, my God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Revive it today, Lord. Revive it today, Lord. I see how you immediately, as I put my hand on you, I saw how you're going to help young girls that have been uh, through rape and molestation and abuse. God will give you the heart to touch those women. He'll give you the strategy to touch those women. It will be a ministry in this house where you will lead it, where you will help Pastor Hannes, Pastor Manny to build the vision of the, this house. And I see how you help those young women how you heal them. You will be a healer to them. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Touch her this morning, Lord, with a new fire, a revival. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, touch him as well. Right now, Father God, a new fire. A new fire. A new fire. Holy Ghost, touch him. Holy Ghost, touch him. I see you almost like in a desert, in a dry land, and I see how God is starting to create rivers for you. 
and roads for you and the greenery around you, forests around you. God is about to turn that desert into a dwelling place. That desert into a dwelling place. You might have felt dry spiritually, but I see how God is just bringing rain upon you. Lord, rain on him, rain on him, rain on him, rain on him. A mighty revival for the young people, Lord. That passion he has for young people, God, I revive it right now. We reignite it right now in Jesus' name. Touch the heart of this man today. Touch his heart, touch his heart, Lord. I see that you, God is saying, you are like the one in Psalms 24, 3, that has clean hands and a pure heart. And he will allow you into his holy hill. He will allow you to be the generation that seek his face. Touch him right now, Lord. Touch him right now, Lord. Fresh fire, fresh fire. Wind of the Spirit, touch him in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Fresh fire of the Holy Spirit, fresh fire of the Holy Spirit. Fresh, fresh fire, fresh wind of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Go, 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 go. I have a prophetic word for this house. When I walked into this place, and I want Pastor Hannes and Pastor Manny to get this, if they can. I just felt in my spirit when I, when I walked in here today, it's your 10 years, the 10th year as a church. And I could see the same, the same thing that we went through as a church on our 10th year where God started changing things. Where God moved us into, a me, into more of a mega church capacity. And I saw the same thing for this house. That as you enter into your 10th year, that this will, this will, be, this will be a fellowship area. This will be a youth center. This will be something else. But God is about to give you a, a big building. I just saw it in the spirit. I saw like the capacity that God increased Pastor Hannes and Pastor Mandy. He increased them to a thousand capacity. I saw that from the hundreds and now he's moving them to the thousands. And I really just pray that this will be the year that you guys as the remnant get behind them. But I saw in the spirit how this building was too small to handle the capacity of your man and woman of God. And I saw that thousand-seater building. It's here in the West Strand where God is going to send you guys. God is going to do it for you. And he's, He'll give you this land. Let's pray together. This land that you are on today, Father, we claim it for the kingdom of God. We take it right now in Jesus' name. This is our land. This is the land of the Lord. He said, ask me of the nations as your inheritance, and I will give it to you. This land is our inheritance. We take this land by force. We take this land by force, Lord. We prophesy it today. Lord, you said when you decree a thing, it will not come to you void, but it will accomplish that what, what it was sent to do. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we declare it. I call for that thousand-seater building that is in Pastor Hannes. We call it out right now. We pull it out right now. Lord God, let it be. Let it be. Let it be in Jesus' mighty name. We claim this land. We claim this territory today. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for the Lord Jesus Christ today. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. I'm done. Thank you, Pastor Wendy. We hope that you enjoyed today's message. Our services are streamed live on our Facebook page every Sunday morning at 9.30. For more information and resources, please go to our website, www.frontlinecitychurch.co.za or look us up on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube.